on my pump. Hello, my name is Liam Bird, and welcome to the Punks in Pubs podcast. A podcast not just for the punk junkie. Like the punk community, this podcast is for the all. I hope that you're all well and have a big smile on your face. If not, no worries. Let me see if I can change that with episode 9, the new music special. If you follow the podcast on social media, you will know that one of the reasons I started this podcast was not only to bring you conversations with established bands, but also to champion new music. At the end of every episode, I hand over the podcast to a punk, hardcore, ska or rockabilly or really anyone that has a sound that comes under the punk subgenre umbrella. Well, this week I give the whole of episode 9 over to new music, in particular one band, a ska punk band from London who reached out to the podcast before I even dropped episode 1. The band are called Filthy Militia and their lead singer Frosty reached out to me a few days after I set out the Punks and Pubs social channels and Frosty got in contact and asked if I wanted to talk to him about him and the band. Knowing I wanted to champion new music, I accepted. And we met up in early November in Camden Town at the legendary Dublin Castle pub where we talked about issues that faced new bands from making the jump from playing in your room to taking the stage and the unspoken truth of losing money as a new band. The one thing I got from my chat with Frosty is his passion and enjoyment of being in a band, and I hope that comes through in our chat. Not only do I give you Frosty and the Filthy Militia, but I also give you two bands playing in and out the podcast this week. Philadelphia Punk's The Riverside Odds will be playing out the podcast, but to play us into my chat with Frosty, they've been blasting out my car stereo all week. People of the world, I give you... Death Lottery, No Brains. Welcome to Episode 9, the new music special. In the Dub- is it called Dublin Castle. Dublin Castle, yes. Dublin Castle in um, Camden. I'm shouting into my mic because we've discovered that actually I've got a loose mic cable, and uh, my voice is probably as important as my guest. Oh, I won't um, go that, don't go that far. <laughs> don't want to big me up too early. It might well, disappoint some people. Because we've changed mics now, I need you to pull your mic a little bit. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. It's my fault. Don't worry. 
So the reason that we're having this chat right now is because before I even launched a podcast, um, I started following a load of bands uh, in London and in the region, and um, you happened to reach out to me and say, hey, would you, do you want to have a chat? Yes. And um, already at that point, I already kind of had some bands already lined mm. up, and if I'm completely honest, if it wasn't that you approached me so early and that you were so nice in the way that you approached me, I might have said no. But what interests me was that I wanted to do an interview whereabouts I talked to a band who, are, who aren't that well-known, who are starting out, mm. and trying to get an understanding of how you see the music industry and how you see the punk and ska and hardcore scene yeah. as a fan and also someone who's trying to establish themselves and actually make yeah. a name for themselves as well so, so I'll, I'll ask some, ask some uh, starry-eyed na- na- naive little upstart rather than somebody who's been here for a few for you know a couple of decades and always be, already become completely disillusioned with the whole thing so <laughs> that sort of uh, what I've realised is when I was writing my questions for you was it was actually a lot more difficult to write a question for somebody you know very little about mm. and trying to make questions that I feel that people are going to be listening to this are going to find interesting instead of just two people having a rambly chat about how good Robic Fish are. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with the obvious question. The band, by the way, is um, called uh, Filthy Militia. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, <laughs> now our, our trumpet player is going to kill me for this because he never wants us to te- never wants me to tell anyone this. It um, is a very stereotypical question. Uh, it- <laughs> The problem is, is that it's got such a mundane answer. It's got such a stupid answer. It was on Friday night, and I went to meet him at a pub uh, somewhere near, sort of like Holborn area, which is where he worked. And um, it was sort of he was there with like all his work buddies. It was like London City worker drinks, sorts of thing. Um, we were outside, you know, having a few drinks, and we were talking about the band. And I really wanted to call the band Uncle Bad Touch. But um, <laughs> that, that, that came with mixed reactions from uh, most quarters. And then someone just came, actually came up to us with a band name generator app. And we were flicking through them that this is ridiculous. Like, it, it was just taking random words and just shoving them together like, you know, undulating aubergines and something like that. And then the filthy militia comes up. And then we're just like, oh, you know, it, it was just like one of those moments where it's like, it it sound it sounded a little bit better to us every time we thought about it. So we dropped the the. So you know it was it was definitely ours. <laughs> just, just didn't just copy and paste it totally. No no no. And then we just uh, yeah we just we rolled with it from there. So what is what is the sound of your band? Do you play punk? Do you play ska? Hardcore? I mean, what is it you do? Uh, we we advertise ourselves very sort of loosely as ska gypsy punk, mainly because. We do mostly ska punk songs, and then there was one sort of like, sort of very Gogol Bordello esque one that we usually close our close our sets with, called um, "Land of the Dead." I'd say at the moment because we've got, we've just finished recording our debut EP, and I'd say it's mostly leaning towards sort of like the ska and reggae end of the spectrum than the punk spectrum. It's got it's got a bit more of a, a softer edge to it, I think. I mean, I would like I would like to do stuff that's that you know a bit a bit more heavy, you know, somewhat more like punk with horns rather than you know slightly heavier reggae if you want to put if you want to put it in a sort of. So to use bands that people might like have known. Like in the mainstream, are we talking more like Cap Down? Are we talking Random Hand? Uh, are we talking the Less Than Jake? 
vibe or is it literally none of that um I don't I don't really know because I'm because I'm, um, I've got to be brutally honest here and you know this is going to stigmatise me to most of the Scarpunk community I don't really know those bands okay, I'm yeah, really yeah. honest with you I'm you know my, a lot of the stuff that I've liked I've, I'm very much influenced by the sort of like the various waves of Scar all the way back from the 60s to the modern um, big influences for this band are you know Mighty Mighty Boss Tones um, and Specials Clash things like that that's probably more where I'm coming from and I mean the songs on the EP it's kind of a mix you know we've got one song on there that's got quite a quite a, sub, a sublime edge to it um, we've got one song that's just was basically just me trying to do sort of like the 19 you know 1960s scar thing just taking very simple basic format with not a lot of not too much thought put into the lyrics not over complicating things just a simple little love song about pissing off your girlfriend um I, I couldn't really think of who to direct i wouldn't really want to directly compare us to any to anything I, what i'd really like is for people to listen to it and then make their own opinions on what we sound like so that's fair enough i mean who who else is in the band then now, how many uh, members? We're a, we're a five piece. Um, so that's bass, drums, guitar, sax, and trumpet. Um, quite a lot of the time at the moment, we're we're doing it as a four piece with just the saxophone because our trumpet player earlier this year relocated to um, Berlin for work, and he comes back for the occasional gig, um, but he just you know he can't be flying back every month to do it. Not you know it's you know it's fairly cheap to go from here to Berlin. I've been out there to visit him, which was a great time. It was basically a five day bender with a walking tour in the middle. <laughs> uh, and um, but you know he something out of you flying somewhere and back in the same weekend. I think. Yeah, and of I, course. I, I don't think I think it's that taxing thing that he doesn't really want to do. But you know he came, he came back he came back for to record. So he's he's on the EP, and we're now trying to pin down a date for when he can come back in next year so that we can do a launch gig for it you're, you're the front man right you're the vocalist yeah so how do you find out is, is that a, a position you've always done in all the other bands you've done or is it something you've kind of worked your way forward from the back it's I, th- I think it's what um, I think it's what, I, what I've always done um, I'm not entirely sure where it comes from I didn't you know I don't think anyone really wakes up I mean well maybe somebody do wakes up one morning and says that I want to be the front man in this that or the other I'm almost 100% sure like Axl Rose woke up and went it's either me at the front <laughs> or nothing I, I, I think Axl Rose just woke up one morning and just thought me <laughs> yeah me <laughs> um, my, my first ever band uh, one I put together when I was 17 um, we were called Kyber Pass again we only played one gig and it was mostly covers we played the um, the Purple Turtle in Oxford which is hilarious because half of the band were too young to actually be in the venue <laughs> at the time yeah. Uh, and yeah I, I think it's because no one's ever really sort of come to me and said oh do you want to join this band or I've never been in a group that's just sat down and said, oh, let's start a band. I think most of the bands I've been in, I've had the thought, I, I, I want to do this, I want to do this idea. Let's go and approach other people and bring them in. And 
I think it's also uh, I, I, I write a lot of the songs as well I think maybe that's where I, I don't know I, I, I don't know basically why I've always ended up in that sort of position but it just do you think you can step back now do you think now now you have been or always have been the front person do you think you could actually like step back and take a side step to the left and allow someone else to be the front person um well i think that actually there is a um i've been talking about my best mate about doing a uh, doing a side project which is just going to be there isn't really going to be a front man i mean i'm probably still going to be the singer in that but it's going to be a three-piece. I mean, I don't usually... At the moment, I don't usually take centre stage when, when we're up there. Usually, Hannah goes in the middle, I find, quite often. Um, she got bigger elbows. No, she's absolutely tiny. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's absolutely tiny. But um, don't, I don't think we think about it consciously. We just get on stage and that's it. When Luke was performing with us more, it, he would also... We'd usually have the horns in the middle and then I'd be off to one side, but maybe slightly forward. Um, I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of how Black Sabbath used to do it. It, was all, it always used to be like Tony Iommi would be in the middle and Ozzy would be off to one side because Tony Iommi saw, always saw himself as, you know, the driving force of all of that, and I suppose it technically was, really. So, so why start a band? I was really bored. I was really... I, I find I have most of my ideas for songs when I'm doing something really mundane and my mind starts to wander and I, when I first moved to London um, back 2013 I think now where did you move from? Uh, I, I originally grew up in a little village called Freeland about six miles west of Oxford um, and I moved there simply because my best mate um, who was living on the Holloway Road with his then fiance now wife said our, fl- our flatmate is going abroad for work for a few months do you want to sublet the room and I wanted to get a job in the music industry and London and very select other places are pretty much the only way to do that so I I took that on board Um, and I was working and my first job I got was working in a pub where I eventually ended up working in the kitchen because I don't know they probably decided I wasn't pretty enough to be behind the bar anymore (laughs) Um, no don't 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 do (laughs) that don't do that so nice (laughs) And because that'd be long days doing monotonous stuff, I, I would sit there and just be washing dishes, and I'd be like thinking of like little little tunes in my head or something like that. Um, and then it was actually at Boomtown um, a few years ago. If people aren't listening, who are listening? What is Boomtown? Boomtown. Boomtown is a festival um, that happens in August every year uh, near Winchester, and it's by far my favourite music festival going in the UK at the moment um, basically what they do is they build a fake city they put up a load of facades and each district is a different stage so you've got the town centre stage you've got Chinatown um, downtown Mayfair it's all themed there's loads of, there's loads of like, actors wandering around and it's got quite a broad range of music as well so you've got punk, ska punk psychobilly folk uh world reggae and then it's going into also more electronic areas as well which isn't really my sort of thing but you know so you've got like drum and bass and edm and all that all those words i don't really know what they mean because i never really i never really i i usually get dragged to those stages about three o'clock in the morning because everybody else wants to go there uh but it's just it's just such a good time 
such an absolutely fantastic time it's just so unique in the way it's all put together such a great selection of ska punk bands always end up playing there as well in fact actually there's a artist I really like at the moment called Millie Manders who's in a band called Millie Manders and the Shut Up um, I think it was this year while she was on stage she actually said what I really like about this festival I think she refers to it as the ska punk Christmas um, because you see a load of bands that you know and that you've met in pubs around London and then they all end up here and it's already nice it's got like a little community that's within this other big bigger festival community and it's just a really good time it's a really fantastic time and it was a few years ago while i was at the chinatown stage everyone was up everyone was dancing there were loads of horns on the stage and it was just a really nice atmosphere and i just thought yep i want to i want to get people to feel like i'm feeling now it was just the energy and i think that was it it was the energy of the music that was being played that made me decide i wanted to build the militia together and i actually met luke at we had a mutual friend um I actually met him at, at Boomtown, I think, in 2014. So, yeah, that's where I met him. And Hannah and Justin were, um, you yeah, know, gum tree finds. Really just put up looking for... Scar Punk Band, looking for performers, who's in. And um, So yeah. who did you turn away? Like, did you get a lot of people? Or is it literally we, you turned up? We, we, had a long, we had a long time trying to pin down a permanent bassist. Because um, we did have one person who just kept cancelling just before practice and then I don't really, don't really want to name names because you know, no hard feelings and all that and then there was one one drummer who we invited down and he never showed up and we were you know we were we were originally a six piece when we started out but you know things just didn't work out with our second guitarist and so here we are now so it seems like you've done quite a few bands so what point is it like how hard is it from going we're just dicking around, having fun. To actually know we want to do, we actually want to stop playing shows and start actually getting people to kind of plug into what we're doing and buy stuff from us, get into our merch, and actually really take an investment into us. Like how how big of the step is that, and how difficult of a step is that? I don't think of, I don't think I've ever really been not for a long time anyway. I don't think I've ever really been much for the for that whole first step i think most of the time when i've been in a band i think it's pretty much from the get-go we've decided that you know we want to do shows we want to we want to record stuff and it's not always worked worked out that way i think filthy militia is the only one where it's actually really worked out um i think we've got one song recorded for my uni band but that's because i was doing music technology and i needed a project it's a thing i've been always quite driven in that in that sense what i want to do is get across to everyone what filthy militia like is or what what can people expect at a filthy militia gig and and why is it important for you to do that have you gone on stage and gone right this is this is what we've always wanted to do this is kind of like every single show this is our aim or is it we'll go on stage and if no one's dancing fuck it let's just carry on playing and we'll just put, we'll plow through it I suppose it's going back to what I said about Boomtown I want I want people to feel like how I felt you know watching those bands um, I want people to be dancing I want people to have a good time I don't want people to think we're a bunch of pretentious dickheads um, I want people to have fun and I want us to have fun as well because I think if you know, if you're up there on stage and you're not having a good time, then what's the point, in my personal opinion? Have you played a show where that's people just haven't got you and no one's getting involved, no one's dancing? And if you have, how does that feel? Like, how do you keep yourself going? 
Because I'm guessing there's a lot of new bands or early bands starting out that are having to play those shows where that's a supporting an act and the people in the room have no idea who you are and are not willing to invest any time at the moment because fuck it, we're never going to see you again. But yet you still have a job. Your job still is to perform. So how do you, how do you keep yourself motivated? You have to keep going because if, if people aren't on side when you're playing... And if you just enjoy playing, if you don't have people on side, then downing tools and having a sulk about it is not going to get them on side, is it? I mean, I, I was at, actually at, with my girlfriend, um, I was at Proud in Camden watching a, watching a comedy night, and it was meant to be a bunch of comedians who were all on their way to Fringe. The, the first guy on, his stuff wasn't quite hitting. So they all had about 15 minutes, and he did five minutes of comedy, and then 10 minutes of sulking with his arms crossed. What are you going to achieve by doing that? I mean, have, have, you ever, have you ever seen a band do something like that and it's actually been worthwhile? You know, you've worked hard, you've practised, you've written the songs, you put the time in, and the whole aim is to go out there and, and do what you love. And you could have a hundred gigs where you don't quite hit the mark, and then you can have one gig where everyone just goes absolutely nuts for you, and that'll just make it all... That'll make the other hundred completely worth it because i think also every time you do a gig where it doesn't quite hit the mark you're you're learning a little something you know you've got more experience of being on stage and you're i think every time you look more and more comfortable on stage and when you're more comfortable on stage that emanates out and you know you you start getting more more and more feedback from the crowd so i think just you've got to keep going because that is the only way you're going to that you can't go online and download 10-step guide on how to get a good reaction out of a out of, a, out of an audience you need to <laughs> I'm sure there is something out there well there, there are there are but it's never going to it's never going to be as important as doing the actual thing Your own personal catastrophe The lucky number seven Seldom comes in three And clinging on to false hope Is a self-defeating prophecy Now don't you cry When they look you in the eye The people here are moving to a different song Hurry back fast before you find that you just don't belong Find that you just don't belong Why live your life so precariously Clinging to the edge while yearning to be free Better get a grip, it's a long way down Never cross the river with a leap of faith What have you to gain from your hustle and your haste? The odds are always better second time around I think a topic that's kind of come out a lot recently in the press is about the closure of venues and a load of small venues closing oh, down yeah. so how about you how about as a band who are trying to play as many shows as you can trying to make a name for yourself do you find it hard to find gigs or is do you find actually no it's not that hard it's just people aren't really trying we haven't really had that many problems um, and what's actually surprised me is how many gigs we've managed to get just on kind of goodwill alone um, just through mates and stuff we've I mean, we've put on our own gigs. Uh, 
one place to put them on quite a lot is the is the Gunners up near Highbury. Uh, they have quite a lot of punk stuff going on there. Um, play the New Cross Inn. That was simply because the um, the events manager there, Paul, who um, absolutely loves ska punk. That's his. He, he, he said. What I want to do in my job is convince people that uh, ska punk is the best genre in the world. But <laughs> annoyingly, I do have to put on other nights as well. Um, and he's he's put on a load of really great events. And that's 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 what I really like about the ska punk scene, particularly around going around the New Cross Inn, is that how strong it is, um, how surprisingly strong for what is really quite a niche genre when you think about it. You know, when you're doing it right, when you when you build a community around a venue. They can still they can still go pretty strong. I mean, it's still an uphill battle with like skyrocketing rent prices and all that sort of thing. Um, but basically, no, I've, I've never had um, I've never had any particular difficulty finding gigs. Well, particularly in London, I mean, finding paid gigs is another thing. Um, that is kind of my next question: of how do you keep the motivation of a band going? Because there is that time where you do have to either play, you get paid for how many people are on the door, or um, you just don't get paid and you're just doing it for exposure. The rest of the band, obviously, they have their own careers, but they're also investing their own time. How do you keep the motivation going? I mean, being the frontman, I'm guessing it's kind of you pushing things to go forward. And from the short spent spent of time I've spoken to you, you seem very driven. Mm. So how how do you how do you motivate everyone around you to keep going and not really just jack it in? Mostly fear and intimidation. <laughs> you are a big man, so no, no, um, <clears throat> I don't think I've ever really had to. Um, everyone else just seemed on board. Um, you know, I make suggestions. It's like, oh, think of an idea for an EP. Uh, we put on these songs and we talk about it. No one ever comes up and says, oh, I can't really be bothered. You know, we've all got our day jobs. All the other guys actually have, you know, they've got pretty, pretty promising careers. I'm, I'm in more of a job that I don't particularly care about, which is probably why I've got more time to dedicate to the band because I run out of stuff to do at about noon every day. So do you see this as your career then? Not at this stage. I think if I saw this as my career, I'd be building myself up for disappointment. At the moment, I'm just trying to think... I'm just trying to think of it as a bit of fun. For example, one thing we've been talking about is like doing a, a small European tour next year. We've got Luke, who's in Berlin... We've got some a mate um, called Oscar who's um, uh, sort of like a one one man sort of punk performer from Bremen. Um, he came and did opened a gig for us, and he said, "If you're ever coming, even you know, if you're ever coming Bremen way, I can get we can gig again, together again." And then we played with a band called Overweight at the New Cross Inn, who are a really really good Belgian ska punk band, really really fun. And they said they wouldn't mind doing gig with us again if we were over in Belgium. And then Hannah's got friends in Amsterdam and Justin's originally from Paris or thereabouts, I can't quite remember. So I was just thinking of doing like that arc, you know, yeah. sort of like Berlin, Bremen and uh, Amsterdam, somewhere in Belgium and then uh, then Paris. Um, you know, we, ha- we haven't quite decided how we're going to do it, whether we, you know, we'll train or whether we whether we drive it, because by then we'd have two or three drivers in the band but then you've got to think then there's so much other stuff you've got to think it's like oh what are we going are we going to need to take gear with us are we just going to be able to borrow gear wherever we are are we should we hire a van should we buy a van then sell it when we get back you know all that sort of thing i mean so i, I, I don't know if it's going to happen at this point i'd like to make it happen but the point is if it did go ahead i wouldn't think of it as okay this is a business venture you know, we, you know we've got to make money of this we've got to make profit off it if we don't make profit off this we've failed because I, I just don't think you're going to enjoy it as much. 
if you do it like that. So what I would do, I think, oh, let's. This will be just like a little holiday. This will be a week long road trip with some, and we'll play some gigs along the way. Uh, if we make, if we get some new fans and sell a few EPs, then that's great. If not, then it's an experience, you know. I always find that people who think about starting a band, like in the early stages, if they don't want to just be let's play at home or let's just play in a small town, I think people forget actually how how much of a business and how much money you self have to invest mm. into your own belief that this band can actually do something. Because like we spoke about before, well, you, you kind of just mentioned, like the, the expectations of making any form of money back is very small, especially in a world where about, there's mm. so many bands out there. People are illegally downloading music. No one's really willing to pay for music anymore. Mm. Without being too personal, you can tell me to fuck off. But I mean, how much of your own money have you invested in like, your passion projects, really? Because um, studio time isn't cheap. No, it's, it's not. But at, at this stage, we've, we've realized, because there's so many of us in the band and we're not getting paid that much for gigs, I think the, the most we ever made on one gig was 100 quid, which is still pretty good, um, relatively speaking. But we've always said, right, there's, there's no point in divvying out the money because we're, not gonna, we're just going to spend it at the bar. So what we'll do, all the money we make from gigs goes into the band kitty, and then that goes on something. So actually like the first day and a half of recording we're already paid for and then the rest of it we split evenly between the five of us um and i think that keeps things down and you know i don't think anybody really minds it may come to a point if we don't start making money back then people grow up people get other um you know their priorities change and maybe say look i don't have the money and the time to invest in this anymore and you know you've got to say like, oh, alright that's fair enough but you know if it, if it takes off it does if it doesn't it, it, it doesn't um, but you know I'm just I'm trying not to think too far in the future you know just trying to take it one step at a time I mean when the EP is all made up and because at the moment we do, we, the artwork isn't 100% finished for it at the moment once the EP is done and all made up you know we'll sit down tot up how much money we've spent on it and then think okay so how much do we have to how much do we actually have to charge for these to, you know, to, bre- to break even on them? I don't think we'll really sell enough of them at this point to make a considerable amount of money. But, you know, if we, if we cover our losses, then what's the reason to stop, you know?
what has been the best and worst advice you've been given? I don't think I've ever really had any bad advice. I don't think. I don't think I've ever really been directly given any advice. I think I've just had people sort of like lead by example. Like I've seen something that someone else has done and I've thought actually that's a, that's a good way of doing that. Um, one thing that I think is really good, and going back to Millie Manders again, um, something I've noticed she's done, and it's, this is particularly prevalent now that the internet is so much more of a thing, so much more of an important tool, is if you interact with her on any kind of social media platform, you will get some kind of a response. You know, if, if you leave a comment, it might just get a like back or something like that. And I think that's, I think that's very important because I think people... It triggers something in the back of your brain, I think, when you get in contact with an artist and you think that they're, you know, they're directly responding to you. It, it, it tweaks something. It, it, you remember that. And you feel like a bit more of a connection with that artist, and I think that's a very good um, that's a very good tactic to take. So yeah, I, I, I'd say that's probably a, a very important thing that we tr- we try and do. I mean, no one ever no one ever messages us, but <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and you, you've always got. To, if, if people are taking the time to reach out to you, you should always definitely take the time to, 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 to just you don't even have the message back. You just say like just a quick thanks or something like that. I mean, it's obviously if you've got like tens of thousands of people commenting it's not possible but well I don't know I think uh, an artist who I feel is really good at doing what you just said is Frank Turner Mm. I think he's very I mean on Frank's um, website you can just email him and he will email back like he legitimately will try and email back how much does he charge for the response (laughs) I don't think he's charging for responses like he doesn't go oh I I now need a follow from you on Twitter or Instagram we're not going to mention Camp Punk punk Rock are we Camp Punk Rock oh his uh, thing in America his his, uh, yeah you're going to write a song with Frank Turner now pay us five grand I think what got mean the most about hearing that story and I mean don't I've never been a particularly big fan of Frank Turner anyway Um, what got me most about that story is I'm automatically very sceptical of anything that claims it can teach you how to write songs because personally I don't think you can really learn how to write a good song it's something you have to develop over time you can learn the basic bones you can learn rhymes you can learn how to play you can learn chords, melodies, harmonies, whatever but having all those together it's still down to you to put those all into something coherent, something good. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's something that can be learned. That's something you've got to develop in your own time. I mean, I think... I, I, no, I don't want to toot my own trumpet or anything like that. Um, I, I think the songs we've got out... You know, are our better songs. Um, I've, I've written a lot more songs than that. But quite often, you you put down a song, you finish writing a song, and then you realise, nah, it's bullshit. And I think through that filtering process, you know, you you, you fling enough shit, eventually it'll stick. You know, <laughs> but um, I don't know why I went for that metaphor. I should have gone for the monkeys and typewriters one. But uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, scar mind right there. Not oh, going for the obvious, but going for the uh, obscure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what is your ultimate direction for the band? I know you say you don't really want to speak, you don't want to think too far to the future, but 
say if we spoke again in a year's time where do you hope the band has progressed to like do you hope to go do a UK tour like you spoke about your European mm. European I, yeah I'd like I, I think our main aim at the moment is start getting gigs outside of London for for the sake of like nostalgia I've been talking to the band about going back up to Lancaster and playing one of the venues up there but then you can also go to Liverpool as well um, got a mate who's got some connections up there with some promoters uh, but yeah there's, there's loads of great places I'd like to take the band over to Bristol um, there's some good places around Leeds I'd like to go up to but that that would be the, that's my first priority at the moment because we're starting to get to the point where we can't just keep playing gigs in London we have to branch out a little bit and you know that's that's definitely feasible it's just we've only got one driver in the band so we've got to be extra specially nice to him <laughs> and say John can you, can you drive us to can you drive us to Liverpool please John thanks I don't know if there's much more recording on the cards for the near future um, I've had an idea for a song for a single potentially and even an idea for a video um, but that's all going to depend you know that's that's going to be quite a project so we'll have to talk about that and yeah as I say, I'd like to take the band to um, to Europe at some point, but maybe that'll be too big of an undertaking. Who knows? Maybe maybe we do this again in a year, yeah, and, and that'd I'm be kind of it. a nice follow up. And then maybe as punks and pubs grows, we'll also grow together and see Aww. how how that's sweet. But I, I do generally like the idea of new artists and, and new music finding their way in a very I think at times cold brutal yeah, hard world it's a very hard like industry I find I really do think music is and for anyone to really give like really have a go I, like for me that takes balls and like I said like it can also take up a lot of your time and investment and it's, I don't think it's any small feat so I feel like for any band who's like starting from the ground up mm. I, I, I have like the utmost respect and I and I'm, I'm hoping that people who have listened to your story and the conversation we've had they've also taken little bits away that they can use mm. so I think it'd be nice in a year's time we get back together we have a chat and we'll see if any of that's come to fruition or if the band has stopped or hopefully you've gone to Germany well, I, hope that, I hope that's not the case but uh, we'll definitely we'll, we'll see yeah I'd, 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 I'd like that that'd be cool we'll, we'll get together sometime in 2018 and have a chat and awesome. hopefully we'll have stories of European adventures well thank you very much Frosty yeah, cheers very all much. the best man Six foot three. My thoughts don't add up too much. I'm not known for my subtle touch, but I'll never throw my weight your way. I take my time with what I say. What I was and what I'll always be. It might not come so easily. And I can't say what I think. And I can't say how I feel. Just keep pushing me to. All I want is to be real 
Thank you to Frosty for taking the time to reach out to me and for being such a nice guy. Filthy Militia have a new EP you can pick up called Innocent Until Proven Filthy. You can get that from their Bandcamp site. Um, before my chat with Frosty, you heard Death Lottery again. Pick up their EP on their Bandcamp site. All links to the bands who have played on this podcast today will be up on our social media pages at Punks in Pubs. That was episode 9 of Punks and Pubs. And if you are in a band and want your music to be played out on the podcast, then do get in contact via social media. If you are not in a band and have zero musical talent, like myself, why don't you go and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast and help the scene that way? Also, get yourself down to a punk show near you. But if you do go to a show and you start a pit, don't forget, if someone falls down, you pick them right back up. To finish the new music special episode... We are going to the home of the Super Bowl winners, Philly Cheesesteaks, Rocky, and my holiday destination for November this year. We are in Philadelphia, and these guys are called Riverside Odds, and this is Born to Attack. Until next time, bye bye Look in my eyes, with by the fire, watch the support from the inside. From all the hate, something must break, how much more can we all take?